Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Tuesday night, and you know exactly what that means. It's time for the real conversation with Shayna Thornton. Let's talk America with hopes. Shayna Thornton is your radio talk show spotlighting the critical issues of today. She is certain to feature expert guests and celebrities each and every Tuesday night. She is a celebrated newspaper columnist, popular blogger, and award-winning radio talk show personality who has a passion for groundbreaking discussions. Here she is. Let's welcome the one and only, the engaging host for the national show. Please give it up for Shana Thornton. Well, good Tuesday evening to you, and welcome to the National Family Radio Talk Show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton. Of course, I am Shana, and I am excited and honored that you've opted to join us live this Tuesday night. It is the day after Labor Day, September the 8th, 2015, and we are in your ear, LTA. Well, I sure hope you had a wonderful Labor Day. I'm sure most of you were off and enjoying and hopefully relaxing yourself and probably probably preparing for the fall or cooler weather in the next few weeks. Uh, but we are into one great week, a holiday week. It's a shortened week for most of us, but we are back with you. You know, if you don't know, I hope you know that Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton, is your national family radio talk show that addresses the important and relevant issues and news stories that matter to you. Now, I want to make this clear. We're for every single community out there. We're not a left-wing show. We're not a right-wing show. We're a universal show that addresses the human story, okay? So do know that we have some exclusive and awesome dynamic guests that join us each and every week, and they offer their own unique perspective to the things and the issues and matters that take place in our world, okay? So thanks for sticking with us, and also a special thanks to you for telling all of your family, friends, and colleagues about your show. You make the show what it is, and we're excited about that. Well, it is Tuesday night, and I want to let you know that tonight's featured guest will amaze and impress you. I have the one and only, I have Joan Muhalit with me. She is an original freedom writer. She's also a civil rights activist. You may have uh, seen her name all over. She is certainly a pioneer and a history maker. And tonight she speaks with me one-on-one exclusively about a variety of topics. We do talk about segregation that existed in this country some years ago. We talk about Dr. King also. She had the opportunity to meet with Dr. Martin. Luther King Jr. So we're going to talk about all of that and so much more. Stay with us for this brief, important news segment tonight, and please invite and encourage the youth to sit in with you because they are going to learn just like I know you will, and I will also learn from this one and only, this pioneer civil rights activist with us tonight. We've got a great show for you. We have the In the News segment, the popular, backed by popular demand. Everyone's talking about it, and we thank you for all of your feedback on the In the News segment segment where, of course, we spotlight the top trending stories in the world. And we also have some great music for you tonight. It's some more great music coming your way from a blues artist tonight. So do stay with us. We love great music and conversation on LTA. Let's Talk America. We're about to kick it off, but go ahead on social media sites, be it Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or Pinterest. Let them know you're tuned in, and you can do that by hashtagging LTA. LTA, or if you want to be a little creative, do LTA Radio. Either way, we're in your ear and we're glad you're on with us tonight. Let's get ready to kick
kick the show out, everybody. It's Tuesday, September the 8th. Labor Day is over and we're back in the grind. LTA is in your ear. Let's get it going. Our printing company, Lindemann Press, in McDonough, Georgia, is locally owned and operated by Ron and Cynthia Manson. We're glad to say this year, Lindemann Press International was once again rated in January the number one printing franchise in the printing industry by Entrepreneur Magazine. This is the 21st time overall that we have achieved this stellar rating. Our products, we print anything from brochures, tickets, booklets, embroidery on shirts, banners, promotional items, business cards with special coding, wedding invitations for your special day, and so much more. Our services. Our mission is to provide quality products and services timely and at a competitive rate. We help businesses to grow through feedback, advertisement, and direct mailing. We are committed to building long-term relationships with customers and employees. Our website is McDonough, Press.com. Our phone number is 770-957-0012. Our address is 870 Hampton Road, McDonough, Georgia, zip code 30253. It's one half mile off of I-75. We take pleasure in meeting and exceeding our customers' expectations. We need you. If you have room in your heart, home, and family for children in need, we need you. If you can be committed to a child and provide the care and guidance that a child must have to grow, we need you. We need you to give a child a home. There are an estimated 638,000 children who are confirmed victims or child abuse and neglect each year in the United States. In Georgia, 14,418 children came through the foster care system in 2014. There are 200 incidents of child abuse and neglect reported daily in Georgia, and on any given day, about 8,000 children are in the foster care system. So why not become a foster parent? New Beginnings Life-Changing Network is searching for foster parents that would like to have a chance to empower the life of a child in the state of Georgia. New Beginnings is an Atlanta-based foster care agency dedicated to servicing Georgia's foster children in need. Our agency strives to strengthen youth and their families by providing them with a chance at a new beginnings while encouraging them to make positive life-changing decisions despite their current situation. Becoming a foster parent with New Beginnings is a rewarding experience. As a foster parent, you will have to access support and resources, monthly foster parent training, 24-hour emergency assistance, and in-home case management services. Families helping families. That's what foster parenting is all about. Abused and neglected children in Georgia need foster parents who make a positive difference in their lives. Remember, you don't have to be a perfect to be a perfect parent. We need you. For further information on how to become a foster parent, please contact New Beginnings Life Changing Network at 404-298-0888. Please also visit our website at www. 
nbnfostercare.org. A special thanks goes out to all of our national partners and sponsors. Of course, you all give the support that's much needed. So thank you for sticking with us each and every Tuesday night. And, of course, I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge and certainly give huge kudos to all of our dedicated and loyal listeners. Thank you so much. And also thank you for encouraging others to listen in with us. We are doing well, and we cannot thank you enough for your commitment to sticking with us, okay? It means everything. Everything. Well, everyone, we're going to get right to the substance of the show, okay? We're going to get ready to kick off in the news. But before we do, I want to give you a friendly reminder again to hashtag LTA or LTL Radio and let others know you are tuned in. And by the way, are you interested right now in knowing who's going to be next week's featured guest or what the topic will be or maybe in a few weeks? Hey, no problem at all. Check out our brand new, newly designed website. It's easy to remember and easy to navigate. You're going to love it. It's www.letstalkamerica with shanathornton.com. Again, that's www.letstalkamerica with shanathornton.com. Okay, check us out. And if you're ever interested in sending us an email with questions, concerns about anything, perhaps you're interested in a sponsorship or you have a personal question or professional question for me, we do answer emails and all of our messages, okay? And that quick email to remember is Let's Talk Shana at gmail.com. Let's talk Shana at gmail.com. Well, everyone, let's get ready to kick off in the news. We are set in the news for the week of September the 7th, 2015. A political contest brewing? A new poll shows independent Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders taking the lead by 9% points over former First Lady, Senator, and Secretary of State Hillary Clinton in the key primary state of New Hampshire. Sanders is reportedly backed by 41% of Democratic voters in New Hampshire, while Clinton has 32%, according to a new NBC News Marist poll. Vice President Biden, who has not decided whether to seek the presidency, is third in New Hampshire. In July of this year, the same survey showed Clinton ahead of Sanders with backing a 42% support of Democratic voters in the state. The NBC Marist poll also shows that Clinton leads Sanders in Iowa, 38% to 27%. The Iowa caucuses in February are the first contest for the 2016 Democratic presidential nomination, followed by the New Hampshire primary. The Iowa poll surveyed 345 potential Democratic caucus scores with an era margin of 5.3 percentage points, and the New Hampshire poll surveyed 356 potential Democratic primary voters with an error margin of 5.2 percentage points. In the news, will Apple do it again? The Apple company has sold a record 180 million iPhones since September 2014. Can the pioneering technology company do it again with the new iPhones being announced this Wednesday, September the 9th? The new larger screen iPhones help the company sell 36% more items during the iPhone 6 cycle than for the 5S and 5C models, which added fingerprint sensors to access the phone. Now, Apple redesigns the iPhone every two years, and in off years, which happens to be this year, 2015, it adds new features for customers. This year, it's an improved camera and force touch, a series of shortcuts meant to streamline the user experience. Will you be in line to get the experience for the new upgrades? Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton, will track the success of Apple's new enhanced phone. 
In the news, refugee concerns continue to grow in Europe. Austria's border with Hungary remains open to refugees, according to authorities, and those fleeing conflicts in Iraq, Syria, and Afghanistan continue to pack trains and boats in the thousands as they arrive. Now, despite the government's desire to curb migrant flow, there has been an outpouring of support from Austrians. Many have brought food and water and cheered for the refugees, pouring onto the platform at Vienna's trains. Germany is attracted to refugees also because of its robust economy and long history of taking in refugees. Quote, unquote, the great helpfulness that Germany has shown in the last few weeks and months should not be worn thin, said the Interior Ministry authorities. In a recent statement, the country's leaders have called for all European countries to work together and share some responsibility. And finally, in the news tonight, Brady scores big in court. A federal judge threw out Tom Brady's four-game suspension. The New England Patriots quarterback has been accused by the National Football League of having conspired with two of the team's equipment managers to let air out of the footballs before the AFC Championship game this past January. The Patriots did win the game and ultimately went on to win the Super Bowl. The NFL had placed penalties on Brady by suspending him for four games. He is now set to kick off the season with his team by playing the Pittsburgh Steelers this upcoming Thursday night. We will keep all of our New England Patriot and other football fans informed with more sports news coming your way, so do stay with us. Of course, Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton, spotlights topics and issues in the news that matter to you. Stay with us and do tell a friend. Right now, I would like to review our quote of today. The quote comes from the late Wayne Dyer, who once said, when you judge another, you do not define them, you define yourself. Again, the late great motivator Wayne Dyer once said, when you judge another, you do not define them, you define yourself. Of course, may we all be weary of judging others, especially if we've never walked in those shoes. So let's be wise and be careful with the mighty sword, the tongue, okay? And that's encouragement to everyone out there, myself and everyone included. So stay with us. And if you ever have any suggestion for the quote of today, of course, you can email us at letstalkshana at gmail.com, and we will certainly put it on for you, okay? Thanks for being tuned in with us. Well, right now, we're going to move right into an exclusive conversation, again, with the one and only an original freedom writer, also a civil rights activist, a pioneer on many levels. Her name is Joan Muhalid, and hopefully you've heard of her. If not, you have the opportunity to certainly know more about her tonight. There have been several national programs spotlighting her life and her experiences on PBS, just to name one. But you've got to stay with us. Uh, you have probably recognized her if you saw her picture. And do go to our website right now. We have uh, different photographs of her featured, all right? Let's get it going. Let's kick it off right now. Remember to tell a friend and message all of them. LTA is on now, and we've got an exclusive interview with a pioneer. Listeners of Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton, it is Tuesday night, and we are talking about the civil rights movement, and in particular, we are putting the spotlight on the original freedom writers, and right now, I have the honor and the pleasure to be talking one-on-one with an American civil rights activist, a legend. Uh, she is from Arlington, Virginia. 
Uh, she took part in many sit-ins uh, during um, the civil rights movement. Uh, she was also the first Caucasian to integrate um, an African-American college in the South. And she is also a member of the legendary Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And of course, she was a freedom writer. And so much with this woman, she is uh, a phenomenal woman. Uh, I have with me right now the one and only Miss Joan uh, Muhalin. How are you doing this Tuesday night? I'm doing good. It's not raining. It's a good day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that is right. It is the summertime. You know, I, I want to talk, um, real talk right now, because we're talking about the civil rights movement, and it's such a distinct honor to be sitting one-on-one -on -one with you because you witnessed it firsthand. Uh, most of us, obviously, especially uh, the millenniums or the Generation X, uh, have read it in a book. Um, you are an original freedom fighter, freedom writer, a trailblazer and a pioneer, uh, I want to talk about your upbringing and your childhood because so much, obviously, a lot of people will say are beginning to find who we are or what motivates us or what inspires us. I want to know, uh, did you firsthand witness uh, segregation and what were your thoughts at that time? Growing up in the South, uh, in Virginia, but down home with Georgia at Grandma's, um, of course, I've witnessed segregation, but as a white person, I didn't question it. It was just, you know, normal. Um, but then as I got to be about 10 years old, and my eyes were opening, and I was going to Sunday school and memorizing Bible verses about how to treat each other, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you and things like that, um, I thought we were being hypocritical. Uh, we weren't practicing what we preached. Okay. And I could clearly see, particularly the school in Georgia near my grandma's, the colored, that was the polite term, uh, students and the schools for the white students, th there was just no comparison. One was a grand building and one was a falling down shack. Oh, wow. And that was not fair. Mm. So I felt that as a southerner, when I had a chance, I would do what I could message and beautiful story, Ms. Jones. So here you are yourself, a child, and you're listening to your parents, your family members, and you're going to church like so many people do um, every Sunday uh, in the Deep South, even today in 2015, and you are reading the scripture uh, in the Holy Bible where it's saying, treat everyone fair, we're all children of God, and you yourself have the insight, um, the young wisdom, if you will, to say, well, wait a minute, this seems to only apply to those who look like me, who have hair like me. You know, what an amazing, uh, if you will, uh, realization for a child of any ethnicity group, but especially one um, that belonged to the Caucasian group who whose uh, group is in power in the Deep South uh, during the 40s, 50s, and a lot of the 60s, correct? Correct. Wow. And my father's side of the family, they were a pack of Yankees and were never really accepted by the Georgia family, they always called my father Mr. Nelson. Okay. He was never but. And the, my father's side did not subscribe to segregation. Um, I didn't hear them really say anything against it. Okay. But my great-grandmother, there was the family story of her chaining herself with a group of other women to the railings at the Iowa State Capitol as 
the woman suffragette to get right to vote for women. Okay. Well, I guess this idea of civil disobedience was sort of lurking in the back of my mind. I see. Hmm. And the I, thing... I didn't think of it that way then, but I realize now that there was a little impetus from it. Okay. Now, tell me this, Ms. Joan. When you uh, begin to realize there is a hypocrisy here, right? You're Again, you're being a faithful uh, individual. You're being a, a, a good Christian, if you will, from uh, the South, especially when you went to Georgia to visit your mother's family. You know, it had to uh, strike your parents. I'm imagining as something out of the norm where here is their daughter, a Caucasian daughter, who's growing up in their family, um, who uh, overall, especially your mother and her side of the family, supporting segregation um, at any cost. What were your parents' reaction when you begin to question things? Well, I didn't question around them when I was still young. But then, um, and, I mean, you don't cross my mother. Okay. I just didn't do that. I better keep your mouth shut. But when I got to college, I was at Duke University when the sit-in started, and that was my opportunity. Wow. Spring of 1960 to do what I had wanted to do. Yes. Um, there had been church meetings that were sort of under the radar for some, whatever the polite term was by then. Okay. Black students, it wasn't black yet, but some of the students who might be integrating and familiar with uh, some of the history of the movement where a lot of things, obviously, for the safety of it, had to be hidden on the hush-hush. Now, uh, tell me this. I have seen the film, the wonderful and powerful film uh, that your son did on your life and uh, your stance um, within the civil rights movement. I know there is an affiliation between your work um, and the late great uh, activist Medgar Evers. Explain that. Medgar was Mr. Civil Rights. The, yeah. uh, he was from Mississippi. He was the NAACP field secretary. Okay. Uh, but he wasn't like he was sent to Mississippi. He was from Mississippi. Okay. And his office was just down the street from the office at Snake and Forehead jointly. So we'd go up there and help out sometimes if we were caught up on our thing. And plus being in Tuvalu, and I was... Legacy he has 
You know, uh, and unfortunately, I don't think uh, there is a whole lot, um, from what I understand about the curriculum uh, in the schools, when it comes to a lot of people knowing about Megar Evers. There are other names that are thrown around a lot more. Of course, there was a movie done um, about his life uh, some years ago, uh, which was a very good film. Whoopi Goldberg uh, played his widow in that film. You know, tell me this, though. It's 2015. And there is a lot to be said about the civil rights movement. But from your standpoint, uh, knowing uh, the late, great Megar Evers, obviously in a, a mentoring uh, capacity as a leader, uh, even on the campus of Tougaloo, your school that you integrated, what does his legacy mean now in 2015? I think it means everything. We need to. Remember, it wasn't just Dr. King. Okay. Not to take away from Dr. King, but it was lots of people out there taking it. Um, the day the president, the way I like to remember Megar is the day the President Kennedy went on national TV, which we've got to remind folks was big back then. Okay. Um, to say we need a Civil Rights Act. And he was talking mainly public accommodation. Yeah. That night, Megar was assassinated. The day that President Kennedy sent the bill up to the Hill, up to Congress, was the day that Megar was buried in Arlington Cemetery. Wow. And the day after Kennedy's assassination, that President Johnson signed the bill into law. That day would have been Megar's 39th birthday. Amazing. And that, that just tips me to Wow. The mm. Yes. And so whenever I am... I live near Arlington Cemetery. Okay. First day when I'm here, I like to go visit his grave. Yes. If no other time. And when Obama was elected president, I couldn't join in all the cheering and stuff. I had to go to make his grave. Okay. Before I could. And you know, uh, you said it. You said it, uh, Ms. Jones, so eloquently. There were uh, so many uh, that allowed, that made the civil rights movement what it was. And, of course, there are big names, um, Dr. Uh, Martin Luther King and, and others' um, names, and who very much mattered and very much shaped so much of what we know about the civil rights movement. Uh, with that being re said, um, there is respect and as much acknowledgement as possible that should go to so many of uh, the others. And a lot of them, and I know you would agree with me are nameless. Uh, some of them the history books don't mention. Uh, maybe the history books don't even know. Um, but it took literally a village for everything to be achieved. Would you agree? Absolutely. And if it hadn't been for all those folks we don't know about, yes. the big names wouldn't be big names. Wonderful. Mm, what a beautiful concept. It is Tuesday night, and you're listening to your award-winning um, family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton. Tonight, um, I have the honor of a one-on-one -on -one exclusive interview uh, with the one and only one of the original Freedom uh, Writers, and that is something to be said about that, and also a pioneer, a trailblazer, a civil rights activist. Uh, many uh, within the civil rights movement already know her name. Her name, if you don't know, you should know now. It is Miss Joan Muhalad, and she um, is a wonderful uh, source of information and history. And we're chatting with her right now about the civil rights movement and her involvement 
involvement um, with everything. You know, you did mention King, and I also brought him up, um, a legendary figure worldwide, of course, uh, a recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize. We could go on and on about the late, great Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. But from my understanding, you had the opportunity to meet King. Is this right? That's right. Um, he came out to Tougaloo. I mean, everybody came out to Tougaloo. Okay. From the clan on up. And my roommate, Joyce Lander, um, and I were like co-chair of the campus civil rights group. Okay. And so we were charged with getting him around campus. You know, if he was meeting with the college president or yes. lunch or whatever, we had to, we escorted him, but we still had to be in class. So wow. we sort of spotted each other, whoever wasn't in class. Okay. Dr. King. <laughs> Wow. And and what, what was that like, in a sense? I mean, obviously now known by the world, and I'm sure also when he came to your college campus, he was very well known. But what was that like looking back now that many would consider that uh, very uh, historical? It was historical. Um, at the time, of course, I was part of the student. We were both part of the student nonviolent coordinating yes. committee. We thought King was a little conservative, don't you know? Wow. Um, so we respected him as an adult and as a great spokesman, but we wanted him to get out there and do something okay. more than he was doing. Wow, and you know, that's interesting to bring up because when we when we decipher through the history and the mood of the times, that is something that needs to be noted because I think sometimes when students in school or we catch, uh, you know, little uh, sound bites of uh, 30 seconds here and there on the news and we say, well, everyone, you know, was crazy about the stance that he or she was taking at that time. And on this show, we've done a very in-depth segment uh, with a King Scholar talking about his legacy and talking about the comparisons Miss Jones, of what the mood in this country was when he was alive and after the fact. And there does seem to be somewhat of a difference from our historical scholar that joined us, uh, Mr. Rice, um, uh, last year. But you're saying at the time, at least on your campus, there were students, um, obviously, that respected King and he was respected by many, but did want him to do a little more because he was seen as, I guess, uh, more conservative in a sense. Right, and I can understand now that, you know, he was an adult with concerns for the whole community. Yes. For us students just, you know, Absolutely. take it to the lunch counter. He wouldn't go on the Freedom Ride. Okay. And we were just so upset. I was not on those first buses, but I was arrested on the Freedom Ride that year. Okay. So the term original shifted. But when he really did not get on the buses, Paul Dietrich, who was part of our D.C. sitting group, opened the bus window and called him over to shake his hand and say goodbye. Okay. And he held on to his hand so the press photographers could get a picture of King outside the bus. Oh, wow. A hot feeling of that. Now, other folks under, sort of understood that he ended up on the Georgia King and he had been mincy, but he was... important to note. Again, you're listening to Let's Talk America. We are talking with the one and only civil rights 
activist, a pioneer, also a freedom writer, Miss Joan Muhalla. She is with us tonight. Uh, Miss Joan, and, and that's significant to note uh, because, and you brought it up so eloquently. I think hindsight is twenty twenty, and obviously, and we know this from being human beings, and if you're over the age of 25 or 30, that there is a perhaps if you will, a different sense of responsibility uh, and different attitudes that may come uh, when, when people are in different positions. So here you have students such as yourself, um, if you will, you know, let, let's be more out there, let's do this. But I guess you're saying looking in hindsight, which of course is 2020, just from my perspective, I'm not sure King could have physically been as many places as many of the young students would have wanted him to be. I'm thinking of the security and the threat against his own life. Would you agree? that would be a reasonable point? Uh, not to be concerned about his life, because we all knew we could die any minute. Okay. Um, it was a foregone conclusion he and Megan were going to die, and so were other people. And other people did. I almost did. Oh, wow. At the hands of the plan. But you've got to be cautious. Okay. At, at certain points, you've got to be aware but you can't be afraid to die. You're going to die at the end anyway. Okay. It's fine, you're going to die. Wow. You know, you were a freedom writer uh, from uh, history that officially kicked off, if you will, 1961. Tell me this, uh, what was it like? What was the mood uh, when you all were writing? Well, when I was actually writing, it was first week in June. I think I was best of June 8th. Okay. And by then it had become very routine. You knew what to expect because the Kennedys had made a deal with Mississippi in the interest of, you know, how we look to the world. Yes. That there would not be violence like there had been in Alabama. Okay. Bad pictures. Um, but the state could arrest us for violating a local law. Um, so we were arrested for breach of peace which usually means something like drunk and disorderly. Yes. But it meant that we were upsetting other people's, the way it was applied, we were upsetting other people's peace of mind where they wanted to take us out. And so we were arrested for disturbing them. And it was totally routine and scripted by the time I got there. Okay, okay. Because I was with Stokely Carmichael, who had not yet counted Black Power. Okay. Our group. Not yet. But, um, he could agitate. Okay, even then? Even then, there were a bunch of uh, Louisiana college boys on the train. Yes. And, you know, the semester was just over, and they were making a few little remarks, but it wasn't, you know, they weren't threatening. And Stokely was right in their face. Oh, wow. And it was like, Stokely, sit down and shut up and don't get us killed. Okay. But it never came to violence, but it that, that was Stokely. And I would say with Black Power and, you know, Whitey and Honky and all that, Stokely and I were friends whenever we'd encounter each other right to the end. Okay. And I've heard other whites who knew him back in the day say the same thing. He okay. Was, if he was your buddy, he was your buddy. Okay. Black Power, power to the people. Okay. Again, we'll have an exclusive one-on-one -on -one interview with the one and only civil rights uh, activist, uh, Joan Muhalla. She is with me uh, tonight, this Tuesday night, and it is a powerful conversation, giving us 
her perspective of the civil rights movement. Uh, we have many listeners around the world, Ms. Joan, uh, some who lived during segregation. Some may even have participated. Um, and some are millennials. Some are Generation Xers and uh, have no idea uh, what that would be like to witness that firsthand. So, of course, having you on this show, this family show, is an amazing experience to share with us what it was like to meet Medgar Evers to meet Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., to be in the presence of uh, individuals such as Stokely um, uh, Carmichael, who went on to do um, other things and being known for other things, rather. You know, I want to talk about the reception of people, uh, because I think it's easy as time goes on, as history writes itself to say, well, you know, everybody was on board, or then, then you had these that weren't. Tell me this. Obviously, the Klan, obviously uh, extreme racist, uh, dedicated segregationists, I'm sure despised and loathed you all coming as freedom writers. What was the reception of African Americans or um, others uh, who were not throwing necessarily rocks at you all, but what were words being said? What were the looks like when you all would go into these towns? Well, the words that were being said we can't put out on the air. Okay. But um, I never got involved in any demonstrations or, you know, things like the Freedom Rides unless I had been invited by the black students. Okay. Right from the first sit-in, it was the students from North Carolina College that invited Duke students to join them. So I never had a problem um, that I've heard some folks did of, what are you doing here? Okay. Um, that, that was good, and it's just sheer luck of the draw. At Tougaloo College, there were some folks who were a little, okay, is she for real? Will she have an advantage over us having gone to Duke? Yes. Is she going to last more than one semester? But um, particularly when I came back the second year, I was in, and nobody was ever rude or unpleasant. That's not the Southern way. Okay. So. And um, so... But whites viewed you as a traitor. I mean, the segregationist whites. So many of whites that were afraid to speak up but supported you. But you were a traitor, and that made you worse than the blacks do. Okay. Is that word on the air again? It bleeped me out. But um, they had names for it. Mm. And the white guys, if they're going to attack, the white guys were the first to be attacked. Then the black guys, okay. black women, but Southern Chivalry protected white women, even in, you know, in the sit-in. Yes. And the, one of the things that just really stayed with me, that gave me hope that it would work out, was after the, on the Freedom Rides, when I stepped down out of the paddy wagon. And this would not have happened if I were black. Okay. I'm clear on that. But the white police officer reached out to help me down. And we don't want anything to happen to you, little lady. Oh, wow. And then it was like he realized that I was the dreaded outside agitator and jerked back. But mm. the fact that his first instinct was good gave mm. me faith that the things were going to work out. You know, I want to talk about um, a hot topic right now. I want to bring up the Confederate flag. Um, obviously, uh, it is still on state grounds in South Carolina. That seems to look like um, that will come down, um, you know, right now with ever going on in the politics and legislature of debating that. You were an original freedom writer. You uh, know 
the landscape of Mississippi, of North Carolina, of Georgia, and Virginia very well, all too well, especially doing um, Jim Crow South. You know that firsthand. And I'm also sure, and I can say this with 100% confidence, but I want you to verify this for me, Ms. Jones, the Confederate flag, um, it may have often been used, from my understanding um, of the flag and its um, stance, if you will, um, it was very much brandished by the Klan, especially during the Civil Rights Movement. When you know what you know, when you went through all of that, being spat on, uh, being called names, witnessing your friends of different races being called degrading names, knowing that that flag waved behind those Klan members or segregationists or hateful individuals of that time. What is your thoughts when you connect the Confederate flag with the past and knowing that there are states in this country where that flag still flies? What's your opinion of that, Ms. Jones? I hate to say it because it is a symbol of my homeland. Everybody's fine, but it should come down and have its rightful place in the museum. The Southern soldiers were fighting for their homeland. They were doing what they thought was right, what they had been brought up to believe was right. And they, you know, they died. And I would not want to totally disrespect them, but I think the flag needs to come down from the state house.
I'm sorry, you cut out. I'm sorry. Did you see the flag being used by segregationists? I really don't. Um, it must have been. Okay. But the flag was so common that I wouldn't have noticed it anyway. Okay. Hmm. So at that point, it was something that was just a, a part of everyday mundane life. Yes. Okay. Me. Okay. You know, it has been a very intriguing and powerful uh, conversation, a one-on-one exclusive with the one and only, again, civil rights activist, a pioneer, and original freedom writer, Miss Joan Muhalad. Before you leave us, I have to know this. You have seen uh, so much in your life uh, now. You have. You were born in one time uh, where uh, segregation was law, king and queen, and today uh, segregation is illegal. Um, You've also witnessed uh, the first African-American president, commander-in-chief in in the United States of America. Are there any lessons uh, from the past, the then, if you will, we can all take as we move forward and hope and build a better future for our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren? Any words of wisdom? Um, because it, you did say something um, that I think most people would agree to, Ms. Joan, and that is we have to know our history to avoid repeating the dark, bad periods of it. And, and, we, and, and that's something that needs to be said. Wherever people uh, lie on the flag and where it belongs, should it be eliminated completely or in a museum? Or, you know, should you keep Robert E. Lee Highway or get rid of it and Jefferson Davis and all those things for, because of what they represented it? And, and it? and it's a very dividing issue. But slavery is not a light issue. It is an issue that runs deep throughout this nation, and it's a dynamic history of African Americans in this nation, America. But I do want to say you witness all of this firsthand. Any lessons that you think uh, is, is critical, important for us to move forward and we shall never forget to build a better future? Just keep the faith and remember that violence begets violence. Okay. So challenge the system and the wrong for the nonviolent approach. Beautiful, lasting words, of course, from uh, the pioneer, the civil rights activist, Miss Joan Muhalad. You have been a pleasure and a joy to chat with. Thank you for all of your wisdom, your knowledge, and thank you for your contribution on the uh, legacy of the civil rights movement. And thank you for carrying the message forward. Hi, this is Shirley, and we just love listening to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thorpe. Hi, my name is Kavarga, and I listen to Let's Talk America. Hi, my name is Nicole Dodd, and I'm tuning in every Tuesday at 7.30 to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. This is Audrey, and I'm listening to Let's Talk America with Shana Thornton. This is such an awesome show. If you're not connected, you really need to be. Wow, what a very informative and comprehensive conversation, again, with a pioneer civil rights activist, Joan Muhalad. Thank you, everyone, for sticking with us. We surely appreciate it. We're not done yet. We have some quick and great music you're going to enjoy, I certainly hope. Hey, stick with us next week, same time, same place, Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. We've got more hot topics, more interesting guests coming your way. Do check out our website at 
www.letstalkamerica.withshanathornton.com. Okay, everyone? Stick with us, and we certainly will stick with you. Follow us on all of the various social media outlets we do follow back, all right? Tonight's featured music comes from The Dubber. The Dubber, he's a blues artist out of Columbia, South Carolina. So certainly take a listen. The name of this track is Where. It's a very interesting track, so I want you to listen in closely, okay? Great conversation, great music, and great guests, and certainly great, loyal, dedicated listeners. All right, everyone? We'll see you next week. Keep it going. Reach out to us, okay? We'd love to hear from you. Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton, is an entity of Paget and Thomas Enterprises, LLC. All content original, copyright 2015.